1: Good evening. Thank you for tuning in to Jim Norton and Matt Sarah with a really good episode, I think. Matt, what do you think? I, I had a great time. I mean, uh, we have Rose... Uh, baby, baby, Rose Namajunas? Rose Namiunis. Fuck Can we start and, this again? No, no. We have, no, to. We no. have to. All right. Well, okay. If you start it again, to. I'll bite your fingers. We have fucking Rose Namajunas <laughs> and uh, welterweight champion Robbie Lawler. Uh, they both call in today. And what great guests they were. Really, really a good episode. Matt and I yammer. I text Kevin Smith for him it's a kind of humiliating and by the way I do feel a gurgle in my stomach right now so the old uh, shit the pants thing it might be contagious Matt <laughs> <laughs> Matt just dropped a gasser he may finish it here. Oh, he's he he good right. UFC and digital media present UFC unfiltered with Jim Norton and Matt Sarah powered by digital media Find your voice. And now, your hosts, Jim Norton and Matt Sarah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to start off ornery. So people are like, oh, this is going to be a good one. I...
0: I think it's going to be a good one. What's up, buddy? How
1: are Hi. you? We were just discussing uh, potential guests. We met our new bookers. Yeah. What'd you, how, what's your feeling on those guys? I don't know. They're going to they them, gonna hear it. I said, least. can you get Schwarzenegger? And they said, who's that? So I don't <laughs> have I don't have high hopes. It's not a good sign. I'm like, uh, maybe Seth Rogen. And they're like, is he a singer? No, they seem like good guys. So hopefully we'll get some. Uh, we want some in-studio people here. You know, Again, we love the phoners. We have a couple phoners today. We have Robbie Lawler. Uh, welterweight champion. Uh, when is he fighting? It's this Saturday, right? Yeah, it's Saturday. Fighting, it's uh, Tyron Woodley and uh, Rose uh, Namajunas Am I saying her name right? Ooh, I never thought I'd get and that. She's right. fighting
0: uh, Carol- Carolina. Good luck with this one. <laughs> Carolina Kowalkovich. Carolina Kowalkovich. And that is the I was, uh, co-main. I was just watching tape, uh, tape. I was just watching Fight Pass on the uh, on the train over here. And I was watching Karolina Kavokovic. Said that okay, how did that? Not oh, good. you did a
1: wonderful job. Thank you so
0: much. And uh, she's tough, man. That's gonna be a good fight because she does well with uh, with girls with, that are um, that are that are really good with a uh, with a grappling background, like girls that are grappling based She does well with them. And Rose is really good with jiu jitsu. So that this, that's that's a. Uh, that's an exciting fight. I'm, I'm, that, that's going to be interesting.
1: Carolina's 9-0, and and Rose is 5-2. I watched Rose's fight with uh, Tisha Torres, and that yeah. was a really good fight.
0: Yeah, and also Rose just with uh, Paige Van Sant. Saint? Saint? Yeah, Paige Van Sant.
1: She, uh, yeah, she beat her pretty uh, decisively. Yeah,
0: and that, and that girl's game, you know, and she was just on her. She had such a... She was just on point that night. She was just... Uh, everything was put together. It looks like um, she's grown a lot since, since that loss to the... Uh, who she fight? who's that? Who she lost to was uh, was that Tisha? Uh, she lost to Tisha to her, yes, and then that's she right. also lost to uh, Carla. But it looks and, like Esperanza. she uh, she's grown since then, you know, and her last Sparsely, in that, in a fight with Paige, you know, so that's interesting. You know, uh, we you and I were on the bus at 200. I was, it, I was
1: for me, it was so fun because Matt doesn't give a shit. he's been around this for a long time, but I was like a little kid on the bus, yeah. with all the fighters. And I'm watching Overeem come on, and you know, and and, and fucking Big Ben uh, Rothwell, Big Ben Rothwell. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm like, you know, Jacare was on the bus. Yeah, we had a
0: big party bus that would uh, transport us from the hotel, the fighters hotel there, to the um, to the expo. Right? Is that what it was? Yep. Yeah, the expo, or, 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 or the, or the, the fights, the and the fights, fights, and the arena. So this big, huge party bus. And we're we on could, our way back one night,
1: and there is a beautiful. There was so many good-looking girls on these. You know, fighters get great girls. No. A lot better than comedians who get their boyfriends. You know, like all the hot girls you fighters get, if she was coming up to me, she'd be going, my boyfriend loves your, you know, <laughs> your joke. We just, don't, we just don't get the ass like the fighters do. So I'm looking at this gorgeous woman, and I'm like, do I talk to her? Do I say anything? Because she's way out of my league and so cute. Was I with you? Was yes. Okay. And uh, and I, I was like, I know I've seen her before, but she was in a skirt, and she had a suitcase. And you're like, oh my god, that's Rose uh, Namajunas. Was it? Yes, that's who you said it was. And I'm like, oh wow, she's really beautiful. And you're like, yeah, and she's dating Pat Barry.
0: Yeah. And I'm like, oh, wait, what's that way? Are you sure that was fucking big ass Pat Barry? Are you sure that was Rose? Are we talking? I
1: know you said it was. I'm gonna ask her if she was on that bus. I hope not. Actually, it doesn't really matter because the girl on the bus I didn't talk to.
0: So it doesn't matter. Long or short hair. Short hair. Oh, maybe
1: it was her. You said it was her. Did I, mean, I say it was her? Yes, and then and then I'm like, wow, she's so beautiful. And you Don't told make me like a her. What's I was, <laughs> okay. No, I was saying how beautiful did that girl say, was, and you go, yeah, but you said that's Rose and I'm um, and did I didn't just, talk to her anyway, so it didn't matter. But then uh, then you told me she was dating Pat Barry. Yeah. And I'm like, Fuck that. I'm yeah. not. I am not even smiling at <laughs> you know, Pat so, Barry's fiance. Pat yeah, Barry yeah. is a frightening. I love Pat. He's one of the first guys in UFC I interviewed. Yeah, uh, maybe he, not one of the first, but I interviewed him a few years ago. At the, he seems uh, like
0: a funny guy. Yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah, yeah. I, he's I, a I, short, powerful. I dude. like. That's why I like him because he's he's short and stocky and powerful. Oh,
1: you imagine you imagine talking to a girl at the bar. Hey, you know, baby, you look so good. And you tap on your shoulder, and it's fucking Pat Barry. Oh, god, would that be awful? I didn't even think Pat Barry would tap you. though. Pat Barry seems like a guy who wouldn't even ask questions. if he saw you talking to his girl he seems like the type of guy who would just open hand slap the back of your head like smash your head into the bar pat barry's a frightening man <laughs> i'm not fucking with pat barry yeah ever.
0: well let me tell you uh, you shouldn't <laughs> fuck with his girlfriend either she's for her, or she could kick your ass and not kick your well but I, i'd put money on her and i'm not attacking you she she take most guys i think these you're, you're, girls listen these girls that are fighting in the ufc uh, they 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 could they could fuck people up.
1: You know, it's funny. I thought of that when I was watching her fight with Tisha. But you know, again, now I'm getting a little cocky. I'm like, oh, I don't know. She's a straw weight. The bantam weights, I know, could smash me, <laughs> but the straw weights probably could uh, could too. And does the winner of this now where do, where does the winner of this wind up? All right, we'll just ask Rose when she. Uh, when we, when we talk we're to talking to her first. No, her. we're talking to Robbie in a oh, couple of minutes. Well, I don't know we finally I'm... fixed the beeping, so we don't have the humiliation yeah. of boop, boop 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 while we're telling childhood molestation stories. And I was six; I didn't know it. Boop
0: boop boop. Arc. You know, so many people, <laughs> by the way, related to me, and they reached out to me over Twitter, saying, "Listen, I've been there too. I shit myself." Oh, without they, a doubt, they were just like, I, "It happened to me on when I was doing this, when I was doing that," and I feel like. uh I feel like I, I help
1: people. There's not one listener to this stupid podcast who is not a pant shitter. Let's be honest. We're not exactly. We're, we're not scraping the fuck with the bottom of the barrel. People are talking. It's a, to. it's a shart I guess <laughs> is the is the proper term. First time I ever heard that term what? was Philip Seymour a shart Yeah, was Philip Seymour Hoffman. Really? Yes. It was some movie where he goes, I sharded. Oh shit. Yeah, it was a party this. scene. Oh, and how I come f- I remember this? I what it was it from? So funny. I don't remember the movie. Was it all about Polly? Was he in that or no? I, I don't know why I'm Oh randomly. wait a second. I think it is
0: that. And I, 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 he was with Ben Stiller and he shit his pants yeah, at a fucking I Sharted. Party. Is that is that is that for us what he's writing up there? He's writing calling yeah. Robbie <laughs> now. <laughs> right. It gets my attention. I see big letters on the screen calling. So I think we're calling the uh, the champ now. Yeah. Phillips you want to hop in. I God met, rest his soul. I met one time years ago,
1: maybe about three years ago. Louis yeah. C.K. invited me to his house for Thanksgiving. Did I, I might have told this story. If I did, just tell no, me to no, show. No, up. No, no, I want to hear and it. And Philip Seymour Hoffman was there, and um, I didn't take any pictures there. I usually take pictures, but at Louis' house, I didn't. It was really an eclectic, weird group. It was, it was, it was uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, who I was watching eat his last. It turned out to be his last Thanksgiving dinner with his kids. Oh my! And God. Uh, I introduced myself. He goes, "Hey, I'm Phil." And Parker Posey was there. And uh, F. Murray Abraham at one point, and Joan Rivers. Real bad luck fucking thing. Two of them are dead. And and, uh, Ellen Burstyn. I I
0: think you should go for a checkup immediately. (laughs) You know Ellen Burstyn from The Exorcist? It sounds like the final destination party.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And Louie making stuffing. It was really creepy. who'd you ask me if I knew Ellen Burstyn um, from The Exorcist she was the mother in The Exorcist oh shit she was in Requiem for a Dream what what kind of crew who put this crew together stupid Louis has this amazing Louis is a really interesting like he has an eclectic weird here's why Louis is such a success because he's not afraid of flopping like he he had never he said made Thanksgiving for a bunch of people but he just did it he just said fuck it and he was winging it and uh, it came out good the food was really good I think he, Joan Rivers was helping him make stuffing with her and Melissa. It was so bizarre to watch this happen. But his lack of fear of failing in front of these people, which is why he's so good, because he's willing to take risks. So we, I would love to get Lillian. Was Lily it like on. the
0: island of Misfit Toys? which is people that just didn't have a way someplace to go? It was the island of people more successful than me, yeah. which is <laughs> yeah. really a it's big not, island. It does. <laughs> oh,
1: shit. And I met a guy there a guy mm-hmm. named... Uh, I'm like, this guy looks familiar. And we shook hands. And his name was Tom Noonan. Tom Noonan was in a well, film it called... familiar. Wait, you ever see Easy Money with Joe Pesci and oh, Rodney of Dangerfield? Oh, of course. Tom Noonan was their friend. Was the guy, yeah. friend of theirs. And he and I got booked to do a scene together in a show called... Uh, it was with uh, Jason... Uh, oh, my God. I'm always forgetting his name. Tall guy? Ja- oh, no, no. Come on. Jason yeah. Schwartz. Okay. Uh, it was uh, a Ted Danson show. It was... Uh, Coach, no, Dewey. no, no! Fuck it was on that HBO. Coach. Oh my god! Oh, on HBO.
0: Yeah, Kirby Enthusiasm. No, it was the Mystery Show. Uh, he was a detective. Oh, I think I, I think I don't know if anybody heard of that fucking was that a oh, good yeah, show. Oh, yeah, it was popular. Oh, it's a good show. It was Jonathan
1: uh, Ames' show. Uh, Jason Schwartzman and um, oh, Ted Danson. I, Zach I, I know the you, All right,
0: all right. I, I know what you're talking about, but I never seen it. But. Um, and and what about the show? I got booked to do a scene.
1: We, it was bored to death. bored to death thank you we played we, 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 thank you that's perfect it sums up our audience uh, listening to us <laughs> listening to me fish around for this fucking stupid <laughs> talk. so I get we, me and this uh, guy Tom Noonan we're, we're hired to okay. play uh, guys who kidnapped Jason Schwartzman who was the lead and we hold them for a ransom so I get there the day of, we do the table reads it was really weird doing a table read with Ted Dance and I was all nervous and uh, we, we get there the day of the shoot
0: and I, yeah. I Oh God, I bless, getting, you. God bless you! God bless you! I didn't know if it's polite. I, I felt the sneeze coming, yeah. and I was gonna hit the the um the burp button. It's not really the burp button, cough button. The call- yeah, you probably shouldn't for me sneeze. For me, it's the burp button. I shouldn't have sneezed. I should have pressed it during the sneeze. That ship has yeah. sailed, Jimmy. I'm sorry. Go it's back okay, to buddy. go back to what we're talking so about. So I get
1: there the day of the shoot. I get in the van, and Tom Noonan it turns out has been fired for whatever reason. And I get in, and my scene partners now a guy named uh, Dominic Lombardozzi. Do you, know, you ever see The Wire?
0: No, we talked about he, this. Oh, I man. have to he see he was it. in
1: The Fucking Wire. He's in Boy Walk Empire. Yeah. So we wound up doing this scene where I get to point a gun at Ted Danson and call him a jerk-off, and we kidnapped him and Zach. Really fun. But I have to wrestle around with Jason Schwartzman at one point, and my pants came down, and maybe <laughs> a half inch of my ass is hanging out. And uh, I had to sign a nudity waiver at HBO, and I actually got a little bit more money for a nudity waiver
0: saying that they could show your ass
1: yeah so I, don't, I, don't, I don't know where I'm going with this oh Louis Party which we started Philip Seymour <laughs> Hoffman which I forget what we were talking about and I'm just kind of stalling because we're trying to get Robbie Lawler on the phone and once I, again we're having hey, you know phone hey this? call another call Robbie Benson how about yeah, that uh, and and call somebody that, else
0: our producer just disappeared like fucking Nightcrawler he bamfed out of here I don't know where the fuck he is I, it doesn't matter we'll be fine without, but I want
1: to know what the fuck he's uh, what, what, do we have the wrong number for Robbie or do we have the right number And he's I almost answering? think
0: it's great if we do we end up calling Robert Klein or fucking Robert Klein. you know somebody. Robert Klein it's
1: funny you mention Robert Klein <laughs> yeah. one of my comedic idols anyone that doesn't know Robert Klein he did the first HBO special in yeah. 1975 and he's a comic genius Robert Klein
0: is uh he had a very uh, weird uh, throwaway delivery you should explain who he is because a lot of the younger kids out there won't know, don't him. know who the hell he is Ro- I know who he is
1: Robert but. Klein is fucking brilliant and uh um, stand up comedian stand up comic did done, a lot of acting yeah And uh, one of my comedy heroes growing up, and I really idolized this guy. I used to tape his specials, Robert Klein at Yale, 1982. And I would just listen to them back as I was a kid, pretending I was Robert Klein. And uh, I got to meet him. I used to talk about him on the Opie and Anthony show. And I bumped into him. And uh, he goes, oh, my trainer said that you, he listened to Opie Anthony, he said that you speak very highly of me on the air. Thank you so much. So we began getting to know each other a little bit. we had lunch a couple of times. And then he found out I was a Trump supporter and he wanted to spit my soup. So yeah, I think I lost yeah, my friendship with Robert Klein. I'm really heartbroken because I fucking love him so much. But it was so fun sitting down with a guy. This is how famous Robert Klein is. If you don't know Robert Klein, Kiss, some of my other childhood idols, yeah. their very first television appearance, the Mike Douglas show, and the other guests on that episode were Toadie Fields, the comedian, and yeah. Robert Klein. That's how famous Robert Klein is. This guy was on everything growing up. So, yeah, I would take him in a second. He's political. And people always like, well, what's your demo? Who you Look at Rogan's show. And I, I'm sorry I fucking babble about Rogan so much. But, you know, his show is a good example yeah, yeah. of you can't just think you have the demo. He interviews all kinds of weird, eclectic people. And they, if you're interesting, it works. Um, yeah. And he did sign for another year. Uh, at least a year with UFC, but they say he's going to have a limited schedule by his choice, of course, because the traveling he's kills got him.
0: he his plate filled, though. He's, he's doing a lot. Yeah, he's his, making his, millions doing podcast pod, stuff. podcast is amazing. Doing stand-up and mm-hmm. whatever else he wants to do. We got to... <laughs> I know we're doing our show I want to get Joe on. I know we're doing our show, and we got to get Joe on here, but we should both go do Joe's show. Well, if Joe will have us. I haven't, I, 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 have Joe. us. I haven't talked. I don't know. I haven't heard
1: back from fucking Joe. No, he's not. I'm getting the hi-hat. No, no, he's not. No, he was away. He was away in Italy. A hundred percent. Oh, look, our producer's back. What happened? What's going on with this Robbie Lawler caller? Yeah, what's going on? It's
0: not Robbie's fault. We're having a little difficulty with the phone here. Oh, so so, all right. What's the problem? It's not dialing out. Does this fucking happen over at Sirius?
1: Yeah, we have phone issues. Honestly, I'd, I'd love to throw hot coffee in Chris's stupid beard, but it's it's not. Uh, stupid beard. It it's really it happens at Sirius all the time. It happens all the time at Sirius. You know who we talked to yesterday who was such a great guest? We had John Cho on from Harold and Kumar. I and love Harold
0: and Kumar. I love all three of those movies. I've never
1: seen them. Oh, come on. I oh, have so not. Great. It's like a modern day Cheech and Chong. And that guy I mean, is fucking great. And, and we had him come in promoting He's uh he's Sulu yeah.
0: in Star Trek. I'm gonna see that. That's out now. Yes, right? it is. I, I he's like, gay. he's, I he's like gay now, by the way. What? Sulu is but now
1: being is a gay character. They wrote him as a gay character. Did they really? Yeah. Where he like, you know, it's really how that happened. They wanted to have a gay character and they thought
0: that, that That's weird because the new the real Sulu is Sulu is gay Well, George
1: Takai, and George Takai had weird feelings on it. He was against it. He thought that there was kind of fucking with Gene Roddenberry's. Uh, creation and Gene Roddenberry but you couldn't have had a gay character in in the 60s on TV it wouldn't have worked. We didn't even know Paul Lin was gay the center square. And and why oh, are wow, they, thought, and why are they doing that just for the hell of it? Because imagine. in the future it will, it will it it feels relevant to be honest. You yeah. should have gay characters if you're painting in the future. Of course gay people now are are getting married. I mean imagine you know yeah. 800 years in the future and we're fucking zipping around through so black Sulu,
0: holes. Sulu, Sulu's got a love interest and it's a guy. Yeah,
1: he's married, he's a husband and apparently there's a gay kiss that got taken out, um, but not a big makeout scene. I was hoping it was like Sulu yeah. and Spock fucking rolling around on the, under the bridge. Sticking his
0: fucking ears in his ass. Yeah, pointed ears.
1: <laughs> Put both of them in. I can't. They won't fit around my head, Mr. Sulu. But uh, they took it out. I guess they felt it didn't work with the story or whatever. Yeah. But what a good interview. We talked about Korea and North Korea. It's always interesting to me when guys branch out we 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 want fighters on this podcast. We you know we, I love fighters. I, I used to have them on Opie and Anthony yeah. all the time. And I'm sorry, I'm so fucking hopped up today. I apologize. Dude, it's good, man. I'm yapping, yeah. man. You're more
0: hyped up for me. I, I listen. I had a triple shot of espresso. Who's calling? Oh, me? there we go. Oh, they got the phone working. What was wrong with it? Hear that? Oh, he didn't hit. Uh, he didn't hit nine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I had a triple shot of espresso, and I still asked for another coffee, man, because it's fucking
1: hello. Once. Hi, is this Robbie? Yep. Hi, buddy. It's Jim Norton and Matt Sarah from UFC Unfiltered. How are you, man? I'm doing good. We apologize for the delay. We were having phone issues. We could not dial out, so we didn't want you to think that we were late because we were not interested. We just couldn't dial out. Cool. So uh, we had uh, Tyron on the phone the other day. What what are you doing at the moment? What have we interrupted?
2: Uh, Nothing. I'm just sitting here. Oh,
1: okay. Relaxing. Oh, cool, cool. So it's it's today's, uh, how far before the fight do you actually stop really training hard? Is it a couple weeks?
2: Uh no, uh, I I train pretty hard right up to, but uh, I have uh, smart training partners. They
1: I uh, just train smart.
2: I don't go all crazy, but I'm training hard and and being intense and being sharp. But that doesn't mean beating up my body and beating up my, uh, training partners.
1: In all the years you've been doing it, and all the fights you've had, what would you say is the latest in the game that you've done something where you're like, oh shit, that might not have been smart. That could have cost me, uh, the fight. Like, meaning uh, uh, the closest to the fight that you've actually had a session you probably shouldn't have had. Like a workout session? Yeah, or uh, maybe you got, like, a mild injury that could have been worse. Just something that you did that you're like, oh shit, that was dumb.
2: Uh, not really. I haven't had any of those for a while just because, uh... I don't really ever concentrate on that. If I I get banged up, it's like, all right, figure out a way to work around it. And it's just a reason for me to rest or uh, take some time off. And uh, so I just look at everything as like a blessing and a reason to relax.
1: When you look back at your earliest fights, like, you know, not even professional, before you went pro, did you fight in any uh, situations uh, that were less than stellar. Uh, did you have any of those, like you know, the, the what they call smokers or any of those fights? Or are you, are you too young to have experienced those?
2: No, I fought a lot of those. I fought like 30 of those before I, I went pro. And uh, yeah, it's, it's fun.
1: And what and what was the, obviously the difference is the, the money was uh, like, what was the money with one of those early, early uh, fights? When I was
2: fighting in the smokers, it was yeah. an amateur, so I wasn't getting paid anything. I was just doing it for, because I love to fight.
1: And how often would you guys do it? And were the, were the rules really relaxed, or did, or did they kind of keep it on the up and up? No,
2: it was, I most of the time just did boxing matches, little uh, one-minute rounds, three one-minute rounds, and uh, yeah, I fought every week. You did? Oh, wow.
1: And, and, and did you do well?
2: Yeah, I, I did really well. I mean, obviously, um one of the best fighters in the world right now. I didn't just like pop-up on the scene all of a sudden, yeah, I was beating people up and knocking them out back then, too.
1: See, right then, but that would have probably a- got me a kick in the ribs. <laughs> if Robbie was sitting next to me, he probably would have kicked <laughs> me in the ribs. For that. I didn't mean it like that. I'm just saying when you're starting out, I mean, a lot of times people, <clears throat> guys have rougher starts. But yeah, you are. Yeah, but uh,
2: hi- If you think about it, I started martial arts growing up, uh, did it at a high level, then went and trained... Uh, and I've always wrestled at a high level. I'm, I'm pretty athletic and uh, pretty strong, so always watch boxing, always hit the bag, and was training with Pat probably for two years by the time I started doing my smoker, so I was pretty uh, well-tuned.
0: Yeah, Robbie, compared to back in the day, like I remember like when I was training, and we both had been in the game a long time, I remember like in my 20s just running hills and just really doing just – Really pushing my body to the limit, like just really, really, just training, just super hard. Whether it's sparring or the again, what I was saying with the hills and whatnot. And then I found in my thirties, I was actually getting ready for the Matt Hugh, uh, my fight with Matt Hughes, and then I blew my back out because I was having my one of my bigger guys taught me in like the uh, su- the um, the crucifix position and escape, and then do suplexes, and the body just couldn't take it the same way. The training, I had to really alter my training in my thirties. I I heard you say before that you kind of laid off the sparring and compared to the early days back in the military days when you guys were all training like madmen. Is that one of the main differences? You, do you notice a big difference now, or you, did you really switch up your training from going crazy uh, hardcore to just smarter and?
2: Yeah, it's definitely smarter now. I have a lot of back then. It was just work hard and put yourself in the worst positions yeah.
0: and and just try
2: to. Uh, figure out a way to uh, keep going, and your body just – that's something you can do when you're really young. But as you get older, uh, all my coaches do a great job of putting me in situations and work more on technique. And then my strength and conditioning coach, uh, he knows uh, how to push me and when to have me peak. And so it's not as crazy and strenuous on my body as it used to be.
0: There's only so much you can take of that. I found that out when I heard it into discs.
1: (laughs) And when you started martial arts, how old were you when you actually started uh, training? And what motivated you to start training that? I'm always interested in you guys because your lives are so different than mine. Like, were you fighting a lot as a kid and you were just like, there was one bully. where you are like, enough of this shit?
2: Uh, Well, I had an older brother. So, uh, yeah, I started martial arts when I was eight. I kept bothering. My dad wanted to be in uh, martial arts. So he put me in Taekwondo and just did practice every day and uh, did tournaments on the weekends and, just went after it
1: and do you remember the first time that you actually like your older brother would give you a hard time and do you remember the first time where he realized oh i can't do this anymore
2: yeah i was a sophomore i knew how to wrestle he and i'd been doing it since i was seven and obviously he's athletic and uh way bigger than me and he was bullying me in the house and he said hey you want to go outside and i said yep let's go outside and it was kind of funny so we go outside it's there's snow on the ground, so right away he kind of just spins behind me, picks me up, slams me, slams me again, slams me again, and then I hit a switch on him, which is like a wrestling move, Yeah, and then I hit the switch on him, chopped his arm, broke him down, and just started shoveling snow in his face.
1: <laughs> and that probably has felt better than half of the victories you've had, just that first <laughs> one over him, right? Oh, yeah. So how do you feel about uh, Tyron Woodley? I mean, you were teammates.
2: Uh Yeah, Whatever. I'm just uh, going out there looking at him as an opponent, and uh, that's it. Trained hard for this. My coaches put together a good game plan, and I'm just going to go out there and do my thing.
1: Is, is it harder to to fight somebody that you like? Um, you know, like when uh, Arlovsky fought over him. Over. I mean, those guys were friends, and they trained together. Is, is it is psychologically a little bit harder to get psyched up for somebody who you do like as a person and who you do see on, on a really regular basis?
2: Um, I don't know, because I'm not the regular person, so right. that's for every indiv- individual person. It's not a big deal to me. I'm going to go out there and, and be ruthless.
1: And and that, uh, yeah, maybe that's why you have your nickname. You're able just to kind of turn that off until the fight's over.
2: Yeah, whatever.
0: <laughs> and Robbie, in, in your last six fights, you had like fight of the year and fight of the night bonuses and all these wars, how nice would it be to have a fucking one-rounder just go out there and end it in the first round? Would that be a nice relief? Just be like, oh, shit, man, a nice early night?
2: It would be awesome to just get in <laughs> there and get out quickly. No one wants to go through these wars. Yeah. No one wants fight of the night or fight of the decade or any of those things. They want knockout of the night and they want it early.
0: Well, yeah, dude. That, 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 that's, that's another statement for sure. And what do you think he's going to
1: try to do against you? I mean, I, I, I'm not going to ask you what you're going to do against him because you won't tell me, but what what do you think he's going to try to do?
2: I think he's going to try to mix it up, try to land big punches and kicks, and uh, if the takedown presents itself, he's going to shoot for takedowns. He's going to mix it up and just try to be a uh, mixed martial artist, I'm guessing.
1: Okay, so you're obviously prepared for that. I, I would say one thing. Is it harder when you, when this is for both of you, when you're teammates with somebody, you do know so much more about each other than um, somebody just watching tape will know about you?
2: Uh, He's not really my teammate. He's oh. affiliated with the gym, and he was, uh, but he's, ne- I mean, I've worked out with him since I moved down to American Top Team, like, one day, and uh, he hasn't been down there very much, so I don't control. Consider him a teammate. He's he's part of the team, but he's not part of my team.
1: Okay, so you all right? So for you, it's not that big a deal.
2: This the gym's huge. There's 50 UFC fighters, and then he doesn't even live there, so we don't need to get into those. The difference between me and him, but uh, I have my training partners and do my thing, and
0: yeah, so it's and he's got that punk Dean Thomas. <laughs> not really kidding. That's yeah, a, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's a buddy of mine, but I like to give him shit. Yep. <laughs> And
1: uh, what are you going to do for the rest of the week before the fight? I'm sure you hate doing, you know, there's 30 phoners you got to do and a few sit-down interviews. What what, what do you have planned for the rest of the week?
2: Pretty much that, and then uh, get my workout in late and uh, get to work. That's about it. Just uh, keeping on my diet and uh, staying sharp and doing these interviews.
1: Are you able to sleep the night before a fight?
2: Yeah, I can sleep fine. I've been doing this for a long time. I don't get anxious, and I just go to sleep when I'm tired and wake up ready to fight.
1: Oh, God, it must be a nice way to live. I couldn't sleep last night because I had to talk to my boss today, and I'm like, oh, it's going to be a problem, and I'm fucking tossing and turning like a nervous <laughs> animal. <laughs> All right. Well, good luck, buddy. Uh, you know, the welterweight championship uh, this Saturday night against Tyron Woodley. So uh, good luck, Robbie. You're a great, great fighter and a great champion. Should be a great fight, man. Thank you. Cool. Thank you very much. All right. Take care, buddy. Thanks, Robbie. Yep. Take it easy, guys. Be later, buddy. Yeah, Robbie's an interesting guy. I mean, I heard the phone ring so I was like. He's a guy who's uh, like he said ruthless. i will be ruthless. Maybe that is why he seemed like he can really shut that shit down. Oh hold on, look at the camera. More more pictures. <laughs> For what?
0: Go ahead. because uh, we're getting Let me hear at- if we can hear Because we're getting animated. Let me
1: hear if we can hear it. Let me hear it. Yeah. Okay, just, just take one. Let me hear
0: it. Just let me hear it. Oh, that's cool. It, sounds, it, yeah. sound, it does sound professional. Yeah, I know. We're talking you to know? Robbie here. Like, yeah, dude. Hey, man. Robbie's been in the game so long, and uh, you know, I guess it, it's just another day in the office for him. Like he said, he doesn't. It's not like they're in the gym every day with each other, working with each other, and then they got to fight. Like, like that's a big problem. I don't. Know, he said he worked once. I don't think they ever even sparred. So it's like it's not even looking at it like it's the same team. No,
1: you know? but I'm interested so much too. I, I love those old school fight things because before you guys become pros, those things yeah. you have to do. And, you know, it's for comedians, yeah. it's open mics, it's shitty bars. Yeah. It's standing in a place where you're behind the bar in a crate, fucking bombing. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, you know, when the hockey game is on with no volume and you're doing something and there's 30 people watching a hockey game. Yeah. You know, there's all kinds of shit gigs, but for you, it, you know, it's a, it's a much rougher... You know your older gigs are a lot harder than my older gigs.
0: I remember seeing, I remember meeting Robbie when he was like 19 years old in the UFC. We fought on the same cards. I remember he came up to me once. Uh, he, I was signing a thing for his like dentist or something. He's like, oh, I'm having. He's like a shy kid. <laughs> yeah, I swear, man. And now look at him. You know, I was. I mean, this was. He was 19. I don't know how old. How old's Robbie now?
1: Thirty something. Thirty two.
0: I mean, yeah, I want to say he's 34. Think about that, man. Think about how long ago that was.
1: <laughs> I interviewed him once uh, on. Uh, that was Matt. That was I, I so, interviewed so him sorry once about that. on Opie and Anthony, and um, I see him in Fight Slot, and I always say hi to him. And he, I know he just doesn't. My, my, there's something about my face. <laughs> I People think he wipe re-do. it out. He remembers, in memory. he remembers you. No, he doesn't. He does. He looks at me, He's quiet. and I say hi, and he just says nice. hello. But he looks at me at the way you look at an insect if you're not sure the insect's going to sting you. Like, do I smack this thing or do I just leave it alone? Uh, It's never a look of friendly recognition. He's a scary guy. He's
0: always been a nice, nice guy. And it's funny because he's very close with Matt Hughes and I don't get along with that guy at all. So it is funny. But he's he's, he's always been just a nice dude, man. It
1: is weird when you find out somebody you're friends with is friends with a person that you don't like.
0: Well, that's what I told Dana. I go, Dana, I'm shocked that you're so friendly with Hughes because he's so like, what the fuck?
1: Do you think they talk about you?
0: Uh, nah, I don't think so. I, I think you Dana, think Hughes
1: will say, like, what the fuck's up with Sarah on that episode? And Dana's like, I oh, don't know what we're going to do. Nah, I don't oh. think. I can't
0: see Dana as a double agent. I think that he's friends with both of us, but uh, I don't know if he's hanging out with that guy. I don't know what that guy's doing. I don't, don't want to sit here and attack that guy. But see, this is how it happens, man. Yeah, we yeah, yeah. and talk about Robbie, and then we bring up that fucking guy.
1: Oh, so shit, uh, what, I, I I didn't realize that uh, Henderson uh, is fighting me. for the middleweight title.
0: What? Uh, Bisping is giving him nah, a rematch.
1: That. That's... Oh, well, listen. Jumping over uh, Jacare Souza.
0: Well, let me tell you something. If Well, listen. What warrants that is their first fight. Holy shit, man. You see their first fight? The most... It's probably... Here's the
1: vicious part. Not only... His, first of all, I loved Rogan because I remember Rogan going, Dude. he's got to stop going to his left because he's going right. Into, and it was like Dude. literally he just said it. And that fucking sledgehammer right hand. And then he goes down and... And and Henderson hit him again. He and d- and not his only head. did he
0: hit him; he, do- he dove. Yeah, he dove with a diving right hand, which is totally, in hindsight, it's really unnecessary. Of course, was, just, but he just put a stamp on it. Just boom, and uh, it was one of the most ugliest knockouts that you've very seen. very tough. So knockout. hey, and this this is a, a way for for uh, you know Bisping to try to erase that or, or avenge it. And not for nothing, Styles make fights. He could. I mean, look what Henderson just look what he just survived with uh, Hector Lombard. Hector Lombard yeah. That was amazing. That, big that was amazing. Up there, uh watching that live. Holy shit, man! That was a great fight. And uh, it was just because you knew it wasn't. You just knew it wasn't going the distance. You knew one guy's not making it through when uh, Dan Henderson fought uh, Hector Lombard. It was just. It was like any second it could end. And then when he finally did end it and he knocked out a guy that never been knocked out, it was just, it was, oof, oh, man.
1: And, you know, when you get a fight like Bisping or or Henderson – uh, who do you choose? Like, because I like Henderson mean? so much as a fighter. I'm such a fan of him as a fighter. Yeah. Uh, you know, we talked about selfies last time, and you know, getting to know the other fighter. And I remember before Henderson fought Fedor, he tweeted a photo, a selfie of them. Like, you just saw him in the hallway, and he's like, "Hey!" And then he goes and knocks him out. Like, that's a guy. He's he, Henderson's a guy. Like, you just look at him and you know he's a problem in a bar because he's got the ears and that fucking face. Like, no one fucking mistakes him for anything <laughs> but a fighter. But he's a really yeah. lovely guy. But Bisping, I kind of know. I've done his podcast with Luis J. Gomez. They do a uh, you, great you're podcast. Trying to you trying don't know
0: who because you're, you're friendly with the...
1: I'm friendly with Bisping, and I've gotten yeah. to know him a little bit, and I sat next to him with yeah. the Dos Angeles and he's a great guy. So I think I got to pull for Bisping just because I, I know him and like him so much and it's such an unlikely road to the title that he took. What a douchey Bob Costas thing that was I just said. An <laughs> unlikely road to the title. A narrative by Jim Norton should be followed by a self-inflicted gunshot wound. I'm boring everyone. My apologies. I was, was
0: going to say the interesting thing is if Bisping uh, loses the belt to Henderson, Henderson's mm-hmm. retiring win or lose after that fight. Yeah, so the middleweight division will be up in that's, the air. That's yeah. what he says until he gets a first-round knockout or something, then yeah. he's like, you know what? That worked out well. Hold on, uh, let me
1: phrase it in my normal douchebaggery. The end of the beginning for Dan Henderson was told by Jim Norton. <laughs> fucking asshole, I am trying to get a job doing 30 for 30. Should be <laughs> what a zilch. But uh, yeah, I like both those guys so much. But Bisping, man,
0: Bisping is such a, Bisping's a funny fucking dude. Oh, it's very funny. It's funny you said that because I was just watching yesterday. I find shit on the internet. I don't even know where I find it. What the fuck? I just, I cleared my throat. Oh, I thought you were sniffing the fucking desk. Yeah, exactly. I am. I'm what doing. the hell wait what would I just witness? By
1: the way, we're talking <laughs> about getting guests, and uh, I got a text back. Oh. From my
0: good friend. Uh, dude, so we're working dude, on him. Could you tell that guy how much I like that guy? Is he, is this he? Ask him if he knows who I am. Could okay, you text right I'll, now? I'll
1: text him right now. Can I
0: say who you're texting, or
1: is it? No, is it? I am doing a podcast, comma, with my good friend, Matt Serra, Comma. He wants to know if you know who he is. Question mark. And by the way, there's nothing worse. Um, let's see. If uh, hold on. He- and and, 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 and I, I, I was voice texting. He, let me give you guys a little word of advice. First of all, there's nothing worse than hearing somebody voice text. Comma dash. I want that? to lick Did your clit. Like no, no. And then it says <laughs> clip, and you have to reverse. Um. But but then sometimes if you hold down Siri too long, it picks up. Whatever you're saying. So it also wrote, and by the way, you always have to turn that off and keep talking because how many people have been talking to their wives?
0: Honey, comma, I'm at work late,
1: period. All right, baby, let's go. And it all gets sent. Did
0: that come through? Did you write that to him? Did it come out like that? It came out normal? Yeah. All right. That came out like oh, that came out so like such a little pussy on my part. He wants my friend Matt Sarah. He wants to know if you know who he is. Do you know him? Let me hold on. Okay. like a little like a whiny little bitch. He wants to know. Do you know? Correction,
1: him? comma, my needy friend Matt Sarah. <laughs> period. <laughs> could you have a former champ
0: of the world? No, I don't I'll get know. To all you that, could but I just... might give it away.
1: I don't know. Oh, now Kevin probably fuck. doesn't know, unless he's because he's a comic book guy. Kevin's oh, that's Kevin Smith. Smith. Sorry. Oh, you
0: see, how about when you're saying that to me now? The producer, right now, when you were looking at the phone, he was whispering me. He's like, oh, "Don't tell who it is. Don't tell." Is. Oh, sorry, buddy. But I listen. Yeah, it's okay. It's he's right. listen. I'm a big comic book. F- listen, I almost, I almost don't want. to... <laughs> I'm clearing my throat <laughs> I It looks to... like a bird That's trying to feed It's fucking no. little, little birdling Little fucking bird child You're like Ugh, <laughs> Ugh, And you're fucking Leaning forward I don't I know what the mean, fuck You're it's doing
1: awful. It's like I'm blowing An but invisible gotta, person in another I, I, If I
0: was more mature I would just go Oh he's clearing his throat But I can't It's he's fucking why I'm doing that. Can I film because that next
1: time Please do Yes Put that on Instagram I, I, I drink oh. a lot of coffee And it fucks my throat <laughs> up But I'm trying to clear My throat what away the Fuck from is the my mic. coffee But Kevin Smith's A good friend of he's used me in his films uh, but he, I'm, I'm one line and they put me in cop out he put me in Zack and Mira. he's a really fucking dude, legit guy let
0: me tell you why I don't want to meet him why oh, he's awesome dude. Hey, well that's that's the only reason because you're telling me that he's awesome if I if I like if I'm like a fan of somebody like legit like I don't almost don't want to meet him because if they're an asshole then I'm not going to be a fan anymore, man. Yes. I watch Fat Man on the Batman. He's into all I'm, I'm into all the nerdy shit. I love the comic books like he's into. I like his movies. I, I don't know if I want to meet this guy. He's
1: Kevin Smith. I've known him for a while. We've interviewed him. He'll come in and do three hours on Opie and Anthony. Yeah. He's a great talker. Loves talk. He loves yeah, to he chat. Tells stories. Open, funny. I've done his podcast. Yeah. Uh, he was really stoned and he interviewed me in his house you know, he just answers the door in a robe. It's like fucking. You know, he's, he's, yeah. he's it literally. It's like hanging out with Pablo Escobar. Yeah. He's just fucking high in a robe. But oh, he's he's awesome. one of the most genuine people because he goes, "Sir, i he was called everybody, "Sir, Sir, I'm going to put you in a movie, Sir," and son of a bitch. He called me and he flew me to Pittsburgh and he yep. put me in Zaki. That's how I met Seth Rogen. And I'm not name dropping. I just happened yeah. to meet him because he got Kevin Smith started on this whole pot smoking thing. So fucking poor Kevin, who never did drugs, now is just laying in front of his 80 inch TV. He's six inches from it, just eating pound cake, stoned, <laughs> watching fucking, you know, <laughs> watching, watch, you know.
0: He's an active. Oh, uh, uh, he's so though. great, dude. Yeah.
1: He's, and, and he's such a, a, a smart guy and such an interesting guy. So we'd love to, we, his name came up. Did before. the guy write
0: you back? Does he know me? It's easy um, to say no. Uh, uh, no, no, he has Go why fuck yourself. No, he has
1: not written back yet. I right. hope he's not just humiliated for both of us and doesn't run me back.
0: <laughs> I think he's humiliated. Um, I think, I mean, he's a unique
1: guy, and I mean, obviously, you know, we were talking before about being unique and how important it is. And uh, I said to you, "Do you think he's unique?" And you're like, "Yeah, Jim, just be unique." And then you said, "Look good, feel good," and I'm like, yes. "What do you mean?" And you go, "Look, I have a deal for you." I'm like, "All right, Matt, whatever it is." And then, uh, what did you say? I don't remember the name of the brand. I he says, said Indochino. That is what you said. Uh, you know, get the one-of-a-kind made-to-measure suit from Indochino. They're reinventing men's fashion, according to Matt. And their made-to-measure suit is the best suit you're ever going to own. And then Matt said, so suit up! And he grabbed me by the lapels and he threw me against the wall no. angrily. Matt is still a strong man. Customize the details you want. You pick your lining, your lapels, your personal monogram, and more 14 unique measurements typically go into making a suit that fits you perfectly. You can't go wrong with a well-crafted 100% merino wool suit. Also, don't be a goose. Check out their made-to-measure dress shirts and men's accessories. Made-to-measure suits are now affordable and available to the masses thanks to Indochino. It looks great. It feels great. When you look good, you'll feel good, and you'll feel confident. So here's the deal. (laughs) There's a money it's back guarantee. It's got a creepy guarantee. feel now, too. Nah, this
0: sexy. Oh, I'm sorry, sexy. This was me being sexy. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm wearing
1: my Indochino suit, and I'm feeling sexy, Matt. Uh, there's a money back guarantee, which we always like. Today, our listeners get any premium suit for just $399, and that's up to 50% off at Indochino.com, and you have to enter UFC at checkout. Plus, how much does shipping cost? Are you asking me? Yes. Is it right here to talk about that? Oh, come on. You know how much it is. You were just saying it before. I think it's free. Oh, you know it's Wait, free. Wait, shipping is free? Of course it is. Okay. There's no good reason not to try your first custom-made suit with a deal this good. And Suit Classic from their premium collection will look good, feel good, and most importantly, it lasts. That's Indochino.com, promo code UFC. For any premium suits, just $399 plus free shipping free there's nothing worse than getting a great suit and then paying a lot in shipping we don't want that what's the name of the company Indochino your look your way Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans proudly supports UFC Unfiltered Rocket Mortgage brings the mortgage approval process into the 21st century fast powerful and completely online Rocket Mortgage has taken all the complicated time consuming parts of applying for a mortgage out of the equation hate searching through stacks of old files and paperwork of course you do with Rocket Mortgage, you can easily share your bank statements and pay stubs at the touch of one button, helping you get approved in minutes for a custom mortgage solution that's been tailored to your unique financial situation. Even better, with Rocket Mortgage, you can do all of this on your phone or your tablet. It's a quick online process that you can manage from the convenience of your couch. So if you're looking to refinance your mortgage or buy a home, check out Rocket Mortgage today at quickenloans.com slash unfiltered. That's Quickenloans.com slash unfiltered equal housing lender license in all 50 states nmlsconsumeraccess.org number 3030
0: What are we talking about? Fuck yeah. Kevin Smith. Oh man, I want to meet him. Even though he doesn't know who I am. But just tell him to put me in Fight Pass or put me in YouTube.
1: He's the only guy that would wear a fucking hockey jersey to a presidential inauguration. Uh, He is a legitimate guy. He looks good in him though and he lost weight.
0: You know? It's him. You know what I like. What I like hearing about. I like hearing guys that are passionate about things, no matter what it is. And it's even it's better when it's shit that I like. So when I listen to his podcast and stuff, and he's very passionate about like he's a grown man, older than me, but he's passionate about geeky shit, and I like that because I am a fucking man child. I'm a dangerous man child. Don't get me Miss wrong. you everyone. certainly are, man. I'm a fucking. I can, I'm a. I, I'll, I'll fuck somebody up. But that's not the point. The point is that I'm into this shit. He'll. He's, he's talking about the new Suicide Squad trailer. I'm fucking. I'm. I'm into it. Yeah, <laughs> that's all I gotta say. Well, you are, and I'm, I, I am. I get excited about like stupid shit. He's he's a Simple total things. comic
1: book nerd, a legit nerd. Um, I mean, Clerks was about someone working in comic book stores, dude. And uh, he's just an interesting guy. He's a great guy to interview. There's nothing worse than when you have somebody on, and they won't talk. And you ask him questions yeah. and they're not interesting, and they're like, yeah. well, let's stick to the like, project, guys. You're he's like, kind of oh. like me.
0: I think that guy just doesn't stop talking, which is a good thing. I love that. The, yeah. You know, at least it, I'd rather have a guy. Like, I DMC talked him. a lot. He was awesome. I want to be his friend. Is that too far to go? <laughs> no. That's what. All right, that was scary. Look at Chris looking at me. Chris, where the fuck's my coffee? I'm only kidding. It's not your job. Oh, no, I, you can your I can send somebody to get your coffee. No, nah, no, it's coffee. fine. It's fine. The shows are halfway over. No, but you didn't, you know, it's funny. <laughs> a, the most important thing is we didn't send anybody yet for his coffee, which <laughs> is inexcusable. Oh, well, oh, said you
2: did what? You walked in with
0: a coffee. So it's it really you know. true. Ooh. It's true. I walked in with a triple shot, but yeah. guess what? It's fucking empty now, and I'll throw it on the floor. <laughs> I'm only kidding. It's not your job. Seriously, get on top of that, will you, please? Yeah, no, you're not wrong. Uh, Your job could be a stake. But anyway, um, Kevin Smith, fucking Robbie Lawler. What else we got going on on UFC Unfiltered today?
1: Well, we we were talking about uh, Conor McGregor's coach, John Cavanaugh. He does say that Conor is 100 times more serious about going into his rematch with Nate. Yeah. And uh, apparently he got tired early in the first fight. He threw too many big power shots. Apparently. And he predicts Connor is gonna finish Nate in the fourth round. That's ambitious to think you're gonna go four rounds with Nate Diaz. And I
0: tell you that who's used to fighting it that way. That guy's doing triathlons in the off season and him and his brother are just cardio machines. Uh hey I, that, that fight, let me tell you something he's that that's gonna be very interesting because with a training camp I mean Nate Diaz. Uh, first of all, I saw Nate Diaz the other day on uh, on Conan. He yeah. was on Conan, he was good. I saw the picture. I think I think he's great in the press. Nate Diaz. He's he comes across very likable. He's a down to earth guy, and he's just uh, and I, and I enjoy his interviews. He doesn't. He he seems to be handling it really, really good. Here's the thing. Know? I think it's safe for really Matt and well.
1: I to put this out into the stratosphere. We want Nate Diaz in studio. Oh fuck yeah!
0: We almost had him. Dude, that ship has sailed. We almost
1: I know. Had I, I, I bumped into him in the bathroom. I couldn't have been creepier in the restroom.
0: <laughs> I could not have go, been creepier.
1: how was not how go? He was actually really nice. With yeah. Nate, he's a little bit of a scary guy because he's unpredictable. Yeah. Very nice. He's. I don't know him well at all. I've met him a couple Good, times interviewed dude. him once. Great dude. But yeah, he was so psyched when he heard your name pop up too. Yeah. And uh, they just, you know, it was just things got fucked up. Yeah. But he seems like a very genuine guy. And uh, again, man, Conor McGregor is so built on a mental game. He gets in guys' heads. But I don't think he can get in Nate Diaz's head because Nate's a shit talker and nice. like a legit shit talker. when I say shit talker, I mean a guy that's more than willing to tell you to go fuck yourself.
0: It's more of it's more about, I mean, look what he hit him with last time. He hit he was he was whacking uh Nate with some shots that first yeah. round. And that's when basically the guy's literally just getting off a beach in, in the fucking Mexico. You know what I mean? He was on vacation. Now with a training camp, uh now he knows what he. I mean, he purposely had a slow start because he knew he had the. He didn't know how many rounds he had to go. You know what I mean in that fight. So uh, with with this one, what a, what a full camp? with his skill set? with his conditioning? I mean, he's definitely uh, Connor's. Definitely got his work cut out for him. I'm I'm, I'm I'm I know he's gonna try to pace it, but when it comes down to pace, I mean these guys these guys. Uh, when I say these guys, I mean the Diaz brothers and, and 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 Nate. In this case, they break they break people down, man. And five rounds is a long time to go with a guy like that.
1: I respect Connor for doing this fight. He didn't have to take this fight. I'm sure he could have uh, went and fought, um, you know, either uh, Aldo or Edgar um, if, he, if he wanted that fight first. But yeah. he, I think he's taking a tougher fight first.
0: Yeah, uh, the whole thing's interesting to me. Like, uh, why is he? I mean, he wants to avenge his fight at 170. And the guy and and Nate really is a lightweight though. Nate Nate fights at one fifty five, so they could have done it at one fifty five. Right. So I don't know. You know, we'll we'll see. I mean, this guy's uh, he, you know he's why a aren't smart they fighting guy. at one fifty five? I don't know. I mean, there's different there's different uh, there's different thoughts on that. You know, uh, personally, I think that uh, that 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 Connor's a smart guy, and if he loses at one seventy, he could blame the weight oh okay this is my look on it you know and uh he could say oh you know what let me go back down and test the waters at 55 then 45 think about these different paydays he's getting each payday is huge each fight's huge and each one's could be an excuse i'm looking forward to the matt brown uh jake ellenberger fight too by the way yeah that jake ellenberger's got to do something now he's dropped a couple and uh he was it's crazy man this sport's so crazy. Guys are on their way, doing well. That they're, they're taking people out. Next thing you know, they they drop two or three. It's fucking. This sport's so crazy. Guys are on their way, doing well. That they're, they're taking people out. Next thing you know, they, they drop two or three. It's fucking. It's this this sport is a heartbreaker, man. And, and no uh,
1: one seems to be able to hold a belt for long. I mean, it's, it's you don't realize how rare it is to hold a belt. And look you who you're talking to, swap. motherfucker! Know, oh, you know like, what? Yeah, no, but but that shows you like, like, how, how many. How long did you hold on to but, it? No, but I'm saying like that shows you how many really good fighters there are yeah, on man, like. Fuck. The, the parody of talent in the UFC is pretty amazing. Dude, look at that. Look at that parody uh, of talent. Oh, fuck you, Jim. <laughs> the parody of talent. Listen, ugh. I, I That's like not it.
0: even right. You, you look, 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 I'm not even saying that right. You know what he's trying to do? He's trying to call Rose now. <laughs>
1: oh, how about you call Mr. Thesaurus and I find a better <laughs> word other than parody? Uh, oh, the phone's ringing. Oh, I'm an asshole. Hi, is this Rose? This is she, Rose. Thank you for uh, picking up. This is Jim Norton and Matt Sarah. Hi, Rose. UFC Unfiltered. Hi, hey guys. How nice. are you?
3: I'm doing good. How are you?
1: Very
0: good. Where are you right now? You in Milwaukee?
3: No, I'm in uh, I'm in Atlanta, Georgia, in my hotel room.
0: Rose, oh. Rose, really quick. Uh, how are you? It's Matt Sarah. Nice to talk to you. Um, hey. Listen, were you at UFC 200? Were you there by any chance?
3: I was, uh, I was flying home from Vegas because I was at the Ultimate Fighter finale, but I was flying home during the 200 fight.
0: Okay, oh, so you were there
1: a couple of days before. Were you on a bus with a suitcase going back to the hotel or maybe just getting there for the <laughs> hotel? Yeah, was there you go? It was you.
0: Okay, because I see.
1: I didn't know. I didn't recognize you, and Matt recognized you, and he said that that's no, Rose, I mean, oh, no, okay.
0: Yeah, I pointed you out, and and I'm not saying Jimmy was there, and then I then I let him know that your your boyfriend or your fiance is Pat Barry, and then Jimmy's like, oh okay. Yeah, I immediately <laughs> turned looking. around and started flirting with Matt again. <laughs> it was really uncomfortable.
1: It a <laughs> so how uh, how far before you actually fight will you get to the city and uh, to avoid traveling too close?
3: Um. So like I'll get there usually they fly us out like on a Tuesday. I mean if it's international I think they will give you like earlier, you know, time to get there. But yeah, I got here Tuesday.
1: Did you really start training when you were five and have a junior black belt? I'm if I'm going my memory, was it nine? Yeah, I was nine years old. What made you start training? Like what 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 do you remember back that far why you said I wanna fight? Um,
3: no, I just like I guess because grew up where I grew up, like there you know, you have to stay active, otherwise you are just get into trouble excuse me to trouble and stuff so so my stepdad put me in it from early on I think my mom would have rather be been like a ballerina
1: oh mine <laughs> but, too <laughs> um,
3: yeah but see I was I was learning piano and stuff like that at the same time as she was teaching me so um I guess I you know kind of th- those kind of balance each other out a little bit so yeah it was just something to keep me active and I was always uh I I just fell in love with it right away
1: now do you still play piano
3: I try to yeah like it's hard to find the time and the inspiration to but I do still practice here and there.
1: Are you good or uh, like is that one of those things where you just kind of have a gift for it and you never go away or or do you just kind of clunk along?
3: Yeah um it's funny because like sometimes uh, I'll kind of feel a little bit more like inspired than others you know but yeah I mean my mom is a professional pianist and oh. my my brother is as well and so um I, you know, I took it pretty seriously. I did it um, kind of just as intensely as I did martial arts. But then um, once the money started coming in and to play with fighting, that's kind of where it took um, more, you know, of my time and stuff like that. I, I stepped away from it. But I went to a, um, a performing arts school in high school and actually in middle school. But in high school, it was a little bit more focused. And, like, we majored in um, our, our specific art area for two hours a day at our high school so um for me it was like too much to where like I just realized that I enjoyed playing piano when I wanted to rather than when I had to and I wanted to keep it like that um and I didn't want to move on into a career with it I, I just enjoy playing piano as for fun you know whereas um, martial arts it, it's still like a, a fun thing for me to do but I I've been able to balance the you know making it a job as well as keeping
1: it fun. And did you do any? Act- oh, sorry, Matt. Did you do any acting when you were in performance high school? You ever see the movie Fame uh, about the
3: performance?
1: Uh, no, I didn't. You, you have or you haven't? No, I haven't. Okay, well, I, I don't know why I, I'm asking a, a younger fighter about a movie from 1980, like it's still in theaters. <laughs> I really haven't asked. Yeah. <laughs> but did you do any acting when you were in performance school? Because I know that in performance high school, you um, kind of mix and match a little bit of stuff.
3: Yeah. So like in middle school, that's when we, you know, that's where the, since we were a lot younger then we would kind of just do like, we, I did a couple acting classes. I mean, it was really like, not nothing, nothing really that good, but, um, we, we had to do like every art area in middle school. And then once we got into high school, it's more focused and we had to choose one thing. But, um, yeah, I did, I did a little bit. And then I've, I've also done some, uh, you know, I like did a little bit of um, modeling on the side and there was like, you know, certain things that we had to do for like the camera and stuff. But it wasn't like, you know, I mean, I wasn't like seriously trained or anything like that.
1: Sorry, I'm asking you a dumb question. So you're fighting Saturday. You ever see the cane <laughs> mutiny? I really am an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm terrible
3: with like movies and I ask me what, if I've seen stuff. I'm terrible with that.
0: Rose, I love your jujitsu in your fights. What belt are you now in jujitsu?
3: Um, I am a purple belt and I think um I got all my stripes recently. So uh yeah, I think I think my I mean my coach has been kind of like hinting towards, you know, promoting me soon, but <laughs> you know, I think he just um yeah, it's so it's kind of purple belt right now.
0: <laughs> Who is your jiu-jitsu coach? Uh
3: Tony Basili. Okay. And from 303 Training Center in uh Arvada or yeah. Westminster, I
0: should say Colorado. And you and he brought you up to purple belt to purple belt the whole time? So
3: Um, I started off like really basic jujitsu back when I was doing like taekwondo or or karate, I should say. And like, we just learned like mount, you know, skate, shrimp and stuff like that. You know, like I didn't really have like an actual jujitsu coach. Um, but then I was just like introduced to it and then I moved to Minnesota and that's where, um, I met Greg Nelson and he's just like, you know, he's just like a walking encyclopedia when it comes to like jujitsu technique and just MMA in general. And so he gave me like a really good base, you know, especially like to deal with, like he, he made my um, guard and like my Kimuras and just um, really dangerous, you know, because there were so many wrestlers there and I had to always work off my back cause, um, back then. But then once I moved out to Colorado and I started working with Trevor Whitman with my striking, that's when I met Tony, um, just kind of out of nowhere. And um, yeah, I really like his approach as well. Like I I still like Greg Nelson's approach as well, but um, I think Tony he he he's added in my you know, my spacing and my, my ability to kind of like be a blanket over my opponents and find the strikes in there. So it's he's really um patched up the holes in terms of like finding ways to strike so that it can open up my submissions as well.
0: Do you ever mess around with the gi or no? You strictly do without the gi?
3: Um I try to, you know, um, like sometimes I'll even teach uh, kids jujitsu classes every once in a while to like break up the pattern. Yeah, it's fun. I really enjoy the kids, so um, that's when I'll get my gi on and stuff like that. But when I'm kind of in the beginning of my training camps or like outside of the training camp is when I try and do gi as much as possible. But it's hard.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a different game, but it slows everything down. But that's cool. That's cool you mess around with.
3: Yeah, I enjoy
1: it. I know you don't want to look past your fight with – with Carolina, but, uh, you know, obviously, uh, Joanna is, is the one eventually, if you, if you want the title, you may have to deal with. And, uh, do you have any kind of a personal relationship with her? Cause apparently you had tweeted to her to get coffee in Denver, which is just something you don't normally <laughs> see one fighter tweeting another for coffee. Did that happen?
3: Uh, that did happen. No, we didn't have coffee, but, um, you know, I've bumped into her a couple times before. We haven't really like spoke that much. Um, I'm sure she's, uh, you know, good friends with my, uh, like number one training partner, JJ, aldrich who was on the show and um she asked him about me through her and stuff so mm-hmm. i know that she's you know she's learned about me and um you know i i have there's no like like any particular relationship or anything like that that's why i was gonna have some coffee to kind of figure out her a little bit but um you know i figure if we're gonna fight you know somewhere down the line i figure we might as well get to know each other but um you know like it's it's nothing but uh, respect, and um i I would really be looking forward for that challenge, you know, obviously Carolina's right, um, you know, in the present moment in my head, but yeah, that's something that's cool to think about every once in a while, but not not to get too focused on it
1: and you, so you're growing up and you're fighting at such a young age, which most women or girls in school aren't fighting at that age. When you're in high school and you start dating and stuff like that, are you are you finding other fighters or are guys intimidated by you because they know that you have this ability?
3: Yeah, um I, I say that there's there's a lot of guys that actually like try and pick fights with me. I think that's how they like think that they can flirt or something. I don't know.
1: <laughs> Wait, pick arguments that's with great. you or physical fights?
3: No, just like yeah, they try and like like kind of mess around with you or like punch you on the arm or something and try and like like play fight with you, but it would always end up bad. I'd always end up like giving somebody like kinda like a, a accidentally busted lip or something, but they were playing this whole time and they think it's like cute and it's just like <laughs> I can't play fight, you know.
1: Well yeah, they're but, treating uh, you like you're like, oh look the girl is fighting, but you're a professional fighter who has the ability to do tremendous damage.
3: Yeah. I don't know. It's uh to me I like I always um said to myself as a grown up like I mean, because my first experience with just men and was not good. <laughs> like, I just, like, don't have the typical, like, upbringing for that, you know, so.
1: I didn't hear you say Your first experience with what wasn't good. I'm sorry.
3: Just, like, men in general. Oh. Like, my upbringing, like, is just, like, I, I was always in, under the, like, I always told myself growing up, I'm just, like, I'm just going to focus on my career and, you know, worry about that later. Obviously, like, I always dreamed about getting married one day and blah, 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 this and that, but I was, like you know, I, I just, whatever it is, I got to make sure I can provide for myself and then, you know, worry about that later. So like in high school and stuff like that, you know, you know, it's fun. Like I, I talked to guys and stuff, but I was so busy all the time and like just trying to get out of my situation that I didn't even have time for
1: guys, you know? What was wrong with your situation? Was it bad?
3: Yeah, I was, I grew up with like, um, I was abused growing up like pretty badly. So I don't know. It's just, uh, like sexual abuse and, and like as a child and it's just, I don't know. It's it's one of those things where like, you know, it sucks that it happened, but it's cool because it's like that's just what's made me who I am today, and I'm like super strong from that. So
1: was that was that one of the motivating factors in wanting to fight, even though it was so young when you started?
3: Um, I don't even know so much as like, does the motivating factor so much as like that's like, that's just like kind of what I had to do, you know, like, and it's been I don't know, it's been very beneficial for me, not just like obviously being able to protect yourself or things like that, you know, as much as possible. But um, just mentally, like it's such a great release and it's such a, um, you know, you you face your emotions head on. You have to get control of your emotions. Otherwise, you know, you're going to get burnt out and you're going to, you know, get punched in the face potentially.
1: (laughs) Matt and I have talked about therapy a lot. We had uh, DMC from Run DMC in here, and he was a big guy on therapy. And uh, I've gone. Jason Ellis. Jason Ellis. Do you go to it or have you gone?
3: I actually recently did just try to go to therapy, and it's just, like, I didn't really like it, like, I don't know, just, like, it just felt like the the lady was, like, reading off of, like, cards and stuff like that, but I, I wanted to try it, you know, I went there, and it was just like, so what are your goals of therapy? I'm like, well, I've never really done it before, so, like, why don't you tell me, <laughs> you know, and um, it just it just wasn't a good fit, but I would enjoy doing that, you know, like, just trying, I would... Like I hear from other people, you just got to just try, keep trying different uh, therapists and eventually find the you, like one person that'll help you.
1: You do. And, and I, got, I went through a few. Um, and if you knew me, you'd understand. I mean, there's a lot of damage to be <laughs> fixed here. But uh, you, you, you start to sometimes feel like, all right, this person is like you just said, reading off a card or there's nothing. You want somebody who's kind of insightful, who doesn't drill you, but who will just ask smart yeah. questions and get you thinking about yourself a little bit.
3: And this is the thing, too. It has to be somebody that I can respect as well because it's, like, like just a person. That, and no offense to the person, but it's, like, just, I don't know anything about it. So it's probably my own ignorance or whatever. But uh, but I'm just assuming. But to me, she's she just going to come across as a person that would, like, okay, you, you're, you're going to give me any type of advice or, like, see, I guess, like, figure out my, not figure out my problems because I have to figure it out myself, but, like, help me with my problems. And yet you probably couldn't last 30 seconds in my shoes. You know what I mean? Just like, especially like somebody in my situation, like everybody's situation is different, but I'm a 24 year old female athlete who's in the spotlight. And it's just like a little bit different circumstance than regular people's problems, you know, for the majority that what most therapists are used to dealing with, you
1: know what I mean? You know, yes, so. yes and no. <laughs> I, I, I'll i say this because Mike Tyson, one of the things Tyson said was what? Because he had been through so many crazy things, and and the person that helped him the most was uh, a, a an older uh, lady therapist. Yeah, uh, it was someone who's so it was such an opposite life of him, who almost right. sometimes who's different, someone different than you, who doesn't understand the outside stuff, is probably sees the inside stuff a little clearer without the outside stuff clouding it.
3: Yeah, and I think that's that's true, you know, because like. And it doesn't mean, like, you have to be, like, walking through the same shoes as me because even then, like, your experience is a little bit different than mine sure. just because you're you and you're me. But for the for the most part, like, I just, it, there just has to be some type of, like, um, it, there has to be some type of, like, like just the older lady. I mean, she has probably a lot of wisdom and a lot of, she's been through a lot of stuff herself, you know. So it's like, it, it's even though it's different, like, you know, um, I'm sure, I don't know. Yeah, I guess I just have to try different things.
1: <laughs> have you talked to other sexual abuse victims? Because the fact that you're talking about it publicly might be really inspirational for people because, you know, you're very respected and you have such yeah. a great life and you've done so much.
3: I mean, yeah, it's like I I've, uh, I haven't have really talked to anybody in particular, like, um, about it, like other, you know, sexual abuse, like related with somebody on that. But I've, you know, kind of talked about it a little bit here and there publicly, but not like quite as, you know that much, so it's still kind of a process, and it is kind of helping because i I went like twenty years of my life with this like to myself, you know, so it's it's still uh i don't know still kinda of getting used to it. <laughs>
1: what finally got you to talk about it?
3: I don't know, like I just couldn't live my life like that, you know like i just to just to overcome it actually being a thing that is like has power over my life, you know um just to kind of get it out there that, you know, it's a lot of people are, can deal with this stuff too. And it's, it's not
1: just me, you know? do you write stuff down once in a while? Like if I'm feeling weird, cause I've gotten very lazy as the years have gone on with, it doesn't even have to be about that. It could be any thoughts, but like if you just sit in front of a laptop sometimes and you put it out on, on onto a Microsoft word document, good Jim, be specific about the program she uses. But uh, sometimes if you put it down, it, it does help to kind of exercise things or make them a little clear. I've done that a lot actually.
3: Yeah. I actually found that like writing in my journal really helped me a lot. Like I, that's pretty much what kept me sane on the Ultimate Fighter was, like, because I'm so used to having, like, like Pat would always be next to me all the time and, and having somebody like my best friend to talk to. But when I was on Ultimate Fighter, I was all by myself. I had to, you know, rely on myself to get that confidence and, you know, um, check my own feelings. And then once – so I, I pretty much just wrote letters to myself the entire time that I was there, and I started to realize, like, writing things down, like, kind of made things come out that I wasn't even really aware of that I was thinking about so yeah that really has helped me and anytime that I like stray away from that is when I realize that I ha- I've i just been filling my time with a lot of other shit that don't matter <laughs> you know and then right. I'll, and then I'll be like that's always the red flag like okay I haven't written in a while so I need to get back to that and make some time for that and um yeah that's, that's been something that I do a lot
1: well, are you good at, ta- I-, I stink at taking time. Like, are you good at slowing down or, because for me, it's the phone, it's texting, it's Facebook, it's Twitter, it's all this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, are you, are you good at that, like getting addicted to that or-, or are you able to just like kind of relax and read a book and write or are you constantly, you know, uh, uh, communicate, communicate, communicate?
3: Yeah. Um, I'd say after the Ultimate Fighter experience, when I, when I went into the fight with Carla, that was a big learning experience for me was like learning how to control that social media you know, itch because, um, yeah, I've, I've definitely slowed down a lot and I, I've controlled it more. You know, I, I don't want to be totally out of sight, out of mind, but, because I want people talking about me, of course. But um, you definitely have to balance it. And I think I've found a balance. You know, I, I've, I retracted away a lot from social media right after I, you know, suffered that loss to Carla. But then I started to, like, get back into it, but not. Um, I just like like to post things and then I don't like to read too much, anything that's being said about me or anything people that write back, I mean, sometimes I do, but it, it's a slippery slope. Yeah,
0: well, the Twitter and, and haters and just negativity in general could really just be poise, yeah. poison for you, you know? So that could be I smart. I like to
3: respond to people that do something positive, you know what I mean? And, and so it's hard to like... I feel like if there was just an app where you could like... Like a, fater, a hater filter or something, you know?
0: Yeah. <laughs> that would uh, be cool. <laughs> yeah, it's just block. Just block them. Like I, I block people on a, on a yeah. daily basis. Just anything negative, whether it's calling me a fatty or... Just just call me. Anything. He blocked just, me for that. Uh, you're blocked. That's it. You're out. You bastards. But uh speaking of your your uh, back when you were in the on the ultimate fighter and then you had the in the finale, you 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 came up a little short against Carla. Since then this I, I've seen a major difference, and and if you could just tell me about that, what what changed in you as a fighter, like with your fight versus uh, Paige Van Sant and and, uh, and the other one versus Tisha Torres, it's you're a different, more controlled fighter. You still got a you, you you had that skill set very. It's it's not just so much the skill set; it's how you're putting shit together. Could you explain that to me? Yeah. What, what 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 clicked in you? What what clicked since then? Since your um, loss, just on-
3: like making things more making my life more simple you know and just a, a simple approach to everything yet still keeping that creativity and um yeah like so you know obviously like the hater filter you know I've definitely done that a lot of my life and I at the social media part I think is um helped me mentally just to rely on my own thoughts and opinions like nobody else like even like sometimes the good stuff can be bad like people gassing you up and stuff like that and making it, like you, you start to, you start to need those compliments and those, those, um, you know, positive reinforcement rather than just, just looking at yourself in the mirror every day and say, you know what, you use a bad motherfucker, like you, you, <laughs> you know, and, and like that's hard to do sometimes, but, um, just really, just really, um, getting that confidence in myself and like, coming from myself, not from anywhere else. Um, and then also, um so that's like kind of more the mental side and, and just the maturity that I've had had to have um since that fight but then also like technically we've revamped everything like we've we've um so, like made a really good solid base with striking with my boxing like Trevor is a great um kickboxing coach just striking coach in general for MMA and for everything but um his roots are in boxing and so that's like really like he has so much knowledge in boxing that a lot of other, I think, um, MMA striking coaches don't necessarily have quite the, the pedigree that he has in terms of boxing. And he's really developed my jab. And so and, and everything else from there has just been kind of layered on top of that. And now I'm really stringing together combinations and setting up uh, power shots. And I think we're going to start to see, you know, me really, you know, setting up some knockout shots here in, in this, these next couple fights. But then also, um, we and adding in kicks once again, but we we just had to start from scratch, you know. We had to start kind of really just building good roots in, uh, for my, you know, fight style. And that's, you know, establishing a jab. And then obviously, um, Tony, he's elevated my game with, you know, my, my grappling in terms of um, making my top game so just dangerous with my punches and stuff like that. And that sets up, you know, all my submissions and stuff like that. So... That and then recently the new addition has been um, me working with Justin Gaethje, who's the WSF champ right now um, of the lightweights. And he's really kind of been doing the same thing to my wrestling as Tony's been doing to my grappling, where he's been, you know, kind of blending, striking and wrestling together. So now I think you're going to start to see a really just a uh, really blend, well-blended martial artist, mixed martial artist with a really good base and um, the basics as well. <laughs>
0: Well, that's going to be so crucial in this fight because I mean, on the way over here, I was watching your opponent, uh, Carolina, and uh, and I watched she does well with girls with the grappling background. I saw two of the two of her fights, and the girls were trying yeah. to uh, force the. I'm sure you watched them also, and you know she's yeah. she, the one thing I'm noticing is how calm this chick is, man. When she's in there, she's very happy to be in there, and she's very calm, and and I, I that's yeah. one thing I noticed. And she and, and and she's a gamer, man, much like yourself. She's a gamer. See, it gets me excited yeah. just talking about it, Jimmy. This is yeah. gonna be a good fucking fight. It's Jimmy. Absolutely, gonna be a good I'm fight. I'm excited about this, and she's undefeated. And does that amp you up? Uh, does that get you um, extra motivated that she is undefeated and that that she's taking out these tough chicks? And that, that does that get you excited? Like you could get, be our um, first horse. That loss. does get
3: me excited. You know, I think just her in general, like like just her fighting style. Like she, I mean, she does look calm and and cool and collected. But when she goes in there, there's certain spots where she really like pushes on the pressure and she really tries to push the pace um and she kind of gets a little wild in there sometimes when when she starts to feel like she's got her momentum and that's just what her you know her undefeated record she that's just momentum going forward and that's just the confidence that she's had in herself that you know kind of makes that a challenge but overall though I don't necessarily pay attention too much to people's records because um I feel like people give a little bit too much importance on being undefeated you know because um you know, there's just so many variables that can go into somebody's, you know, background, like fight kind of history like that. So I just kind of look at what, what do they bring to the table? And she brings heart um, determination, desire, you know, just um, great conditioning um, to the table mostly. And then obviously some skill there too, but it's basically, like you said, her mentality going into it, she just looks very calm and stuff like that. So um, that's, you know, that's my goal is to get her, you know, flustered. And, you know, once, once her, she's not able to get her momentum and get frustrated. That's when um, mistakes are going to start coming out, and that's when I'm going to capitalize on
1: those. Awesome. Well, you're really, uh, you're really a great interview. Um, I, I, I watched before we let you go. I watched an interview with you, and you were talking about how important it is to acknowledge to yourself, like uh, managing feelings uh, by kind of acknowledging when you feel a certain way. Um, yeah and, and like whether you're afraid or whatever what do you do when you're afraid when you have to fight and, and you're scared how do you how do you handle it
3: um I cry a lot <laughs>
1: wow, okay, no, you and I handle so. it the same way that's encouraging <laughs> <laughs> so,
3: um i like I really like to um control my breathing I like to visualize the fight happening and then just like that'll get my adrenaline going and that'll give me kind of like feeling like what it's gonna feel like when I'm you know in the ring or whatever or octagon but um, but basically like all you can do is just fucking breathe. Like there's not much else, you know, and it, once you focus on your breathing, if you control your breathing, like everything else is just going to go on autopilot and your body's going to take care of itself and it's just going to do its thinking for you. So, um, if I just control my breathing, I've done all the reps, I've done all, you know, like the thinking about the fight and, you know, specific scenarios here and there. But, you know, as long as I'm not like breathing all crazy, it, it's all going to turn on.
1: All right. Well, you're fighting, uh, you're the co-main event. Uh, this Saturday in Atlanta. The number three strawweight and you are fighting... Car- we, we keep saying her name wrong because Matt and I stink with names. Carol- <laughs> I'm going to guess Carolina kowalto Wit. I
3: think it's Kowalkovich, but I'm Kowalkovich. Not- God damn it, the V.
1: I never get the V right. <laughs> terrible. Yeah. But uh, Rosa Nami Yunus, you, you're just you're awesome and uh, you might be my favorite person who's called in so far. You're, you're a great, great interviewer. Oh, yeah. thank
3: you. Thanks, Thanks for, for being
1: me. so honest and so <laughs> open. It was really fun talking to you and when you're in New York, please come see us.
3: Okay, yeah. I will do that.
1: All right, good luck on Saturday. Have a a great fight, okay? Thank you, Rose.
3: All right, thank you. Bye-bye.
1: All right, take care.
0: Ah, she was great. What a delight. Yeah, what a cool person. Uh, What a really cool person. Hey, listen, when people are open like that, when she was just very, like, an open book about her, about everything from her childhood to her feelings, her emotions, and that's good. People like that. People relate to that, Jimmy.
1: Yeah, well, I think it was a lot of my... uh, My hard-hitting questions uh, that really got to her. So listen, I know you like karate. The last tango in Paris. What did you think about the cinematography? (laughs) Fucking asshole. I should really be fired immediately. (laughs) But um, she's just terrific, and I hope she she, uh, wins. She's fighting someone very tough, though. Uh, well said, so, Jim. Yeah. She's, finding really She's tough, fighting a
0: though, tough person. Well, Jim gets to yeah, the bottom yeah. of it. that chick is a tough Polish chick that just is just dangerous.
1: Yeah, I mean we got we got to thank uh, Robbie. We got to thank Rose. We got yeah. to thank Harry's for supporting the podcast. Yes. God, I really segue beautifully. Harry's Harry's makes its own high quality razors. Cuts out the middleman. No pun intended. (laughs) Ships them directly to you for half the price of the leading brand. Good shave, good price. Matt, that's what you and I say. I say great shave. Yes, you do. Great shave, great price. It's simple. Get the best of both worlds with Harry's Good Shave. Harry's makes just one razor with all you need for a close, comfortable shave. Five German crafted blades, flex hinge, and lubricating strip. Quality is guaranteed. There's a full refund if you're not happy. Stop compromising on your shave, you lazy bums. Get started with Harry's. For far too long, you either pay too much for a comfortable shave or you sell for a low price but garbage razor. Harry's offers something you've never had before, a great shave at a fair price. Factory direct prices, you cut out the middleman, there's no upcharges, it's half the price of the leading brands. Yes.
0: Harry's starter set is called the Truman. Oh, the I fucking love the Truman. The Harry Truman. It oh, works out Oh, with the fucking money kung fu grip. I love my fucking Truman. I use that thing every day.
1: It's a great option oh, for sorry. new customers and an amazing deal. For just $15, you get a razor handle, moisturizer, shaving cream, moisturizing shaving cream, yeah. sorry, and three of Harry's five-blade German-engineered razors. Plus, there's a special offer for fans of this show, Matt. For this show? Yes. Harry's will give you five dollars off your first purchase with promo code UFC. Oh wow! Go to harrys.com dot com right now and look for the Truman set. H A R Y wait H. It's right in front of me and ha- I read it wrong. What harrys.com I'm a D O P E.
0: Harry's H A
1: R R Y S. Just so you know, it's not I-E-S dot com. H-A-R-R-Y-S.com. Harry's dot com. Enter UFC at checkout to get five dollars off and help support the show. Stop
0: compromising. Give Harry's a try today. Harry's dot com. Um, <laughs> Are we done? Yeah, we are. I, I think guy. we're pretty much done. Well, I have to promote. Oh, yeah, what are you doing this weekend? You know what I'm doing. I'm going to be at serabjj.com. com, uh, dude, I all like, you know what? I, I have such a good life, Jimmy. Yes. I don't want to start talking about myself because I don't want to Why not? not? You're employed. But you know, You're I hang out with you a couple of days a week and I really enjoy that. I tell you that all the time. I, do I don't so. want you I get I don't that. want you getting a big head. No, no. But um besides that, you know, I mean, I'm at my schools and I I love teaching my jiu-jitsu. I love just uh, Not only just strangling people, but just getting out of bad positions. Brazilian jiu-jitsu is just a beautiful thing, and uh, everybody should try it. And I have gigs coming up. If you want to see my
1: my nonsense live, my stand-up comedy, I am going to Australia for the first time in my life. Get out of here. Uh, we are in pre-sale as of tonight. Holy shit. Uh, September 9th and 11th, I believe. I have gigs in Melbourne and Sydney. It's the first time I've been to Australia. You can go to jimnorton.com for the ticket link or I'll just tweet it. I've been tweeting it because I'm a prostitute. And by the way, if you're in Montreal, Canada, of course we have a lot of Canadian fans. You can catch me Saturday night at Theatre La Chapelle is the gig I have in Montreal. And I have gigs coming up in Minneapolis. I have gigs coming up in Pittsburgh and in Toronto in September. A whole bunch of stuff and then I'm shooting a new special. I believe, in October. So a lot of great stuff coming up for my stand-up Busy if you man. care. Busy man. Busy man. Yeah, it's called Desperate. Juggle, 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 juggle. Juggling a bunch of things so if anything falls, I always have something. But Matt, another joy. Thank you to Robbie Lawler and Rose Namajunas. I, I love talking to those, to, to her especially because we had her for longer.
0: You like talking to them as much as uh, we talking to the bookers for this place? Oh, that was so
1: great talking to them. I'd, I'd literally rather be tied in a chair talking to fucking Lawrence Olivier with a dentist drill <laughs> than those two. Another <laughs> old, man reference is run it right safe in fucking
0: traffic if I haven't talked to them yes. again no, no, they're nice people uh, listen Jimmy let's get the hell out nice language Matt this has been a digital media production
1: find your voice